It's a good one, Jess. Hi. Hello. Hey. How you doing? I would say so good, but I don't know if that's true right now. I'm doing so good. I feel good. I'm good. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows. I'm used to Kim doing my line. Or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at a busy birth center and small home birth practice. I am Meredith Rowe, also a midwife with a small home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula and a birth assistant with those two that just introduced themselves. Um, so it's a very beautiful day. Labor Day's over. We're sitting on the porch again. The kids are being assholes. I just, and here, what did I do? I just went inside because they were, they followed us around inside. Yeah. Then we moved out. Then they followed us outside. And yep. I texted Chuck to come out. If you heard them screaming, it didn't happen. So then I went inside just to scream with them. He just them. walked by, but they're already quiet. Yeah, of course. It's like. You know, let me but pull that into the driveway for you. It is a beautiful <laughs> day. It's one of those glorious days where it is there's a not a single day. cloud in the sky. It's so warm. The sun is just beaming on us on the porch. But the nights are cooling down. I'm off call, so I'm drinking. I am not off call. I am yeah. not off call, but I'm also having a glass of wine. Yeah, I'm having a glass. Because I'm home and it's glorious. Yeah, because I can. <laughs> and so today we're going to be talking about old wives tales or new wives tales old or wives myths. tales myths and, yeah and other misconceptions. misconceptions so one misconception uh that we want to talk about first is hair of the dog yeah, i have one it's a folklore yeah but so since i've known you you like when we would drink all that like it's like your party trick yeah like bottles of wine together and you'd be like yeah hair of the dog and then you'd call my phone yeah at four in the morning hair get hair of the dog and i'm like stop Stop doing. So like, why are you awake right now? Because you're doing your own hair. With the I'll dog. be like right. next to you at night. We'll be all like, I'll be like, Kim, I just I put in a spare next to your bed and these four ibuprofen. <laughs> so when you wake up to pee at 4 a.m., just drink the beer and take the ibuprofen. Just do it. And then you set an alarm on her phone for her to wake her up. But I was I confused. Do, like, why is it called hair of the dog? And I kept yeah. asking you and you're like, I don't know. Yeah. But I found it today. I know they say hair of the dog that bit you. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that makes more sense yeah. now, and especially when I'm reading it. But it says the phrase hair of the dog comes from an old belief that someone bitten by a rabid dog could be cured of rabies by taking a potion containing some of the dog's hair. Yeah. So we'll just replace so rabies with alcohol. Rabies with being drunk. <laughs> so if you drink over. too much, if you drink too much, and then you're coming down from drinking, if you drink some more alcohol, you won't more feel what? as hungover. Some more yeah, alcohol. Yeah, because your your hangover is just alcohol withdrawal. Yeah. Like they used to say you're dehydrated, and but so that's not all. Some people swear that that's a myth and it's not an actual thing. But it I works like for you. literally live by it. Mm-hmm. And I would lay Die down my life <laughs> telling you that it freaking works, dude. Listen. Freaking works. Not the, the last time we went out. That sounds like the You a didn't wild do night. it soon enough. Yes, I did. You needed okay. to do it at 2 a.m., but you did it at 5 a.m. No, I did it twice. Oh. I did it the first time I woke up, and I was still drunk. Yeah. And I, I still drank some. And then I woke up a couple hours later, did it again. Yeah. 
went it back. Still didn't work. Still didn't work. Well, maybe mm-hmm. you would have felt even more sick had you not done it. So that's my story of saying uh. to it. But anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about um, old wives' tales in general. We just felt like talking about hair of the dog because it literally is one of it like, it's a cornerstone of Jess's life. It's one of my mantras of life. Um, I don't know what that says about me. Mantras or mantra? Mantras. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> tomato, <laughs> tomato. <laughs> potato, potato. Poor um, tundra. <laughs> Whatever. But today what we're actually talking about is um, old wives tales and myths and stories about birth and pregnancy and like trying to weed out what we think is true and has some actual validity to it and what is not true. I feel like most why like old wives tales have some Grain sort of, of truth. they yeah. come from somewhere it's just like mythology it all comes from something i feel like anecdotal evidence serves a purpose so that's the whole point it's like what part of it's anecdotal what part of it's actually a science i'm a big it. fan of anecdotal evidence. yeah i am too why don't we just dive in like, like a, a muff, muff. <laughs> i don't usually say that part i know <laughs> okay so the first one that we had on our list, um, and this... We put a lot of time and effort into this research, folks. So much research. <laughs> Get ready. A lot of this is going to be very anecdotal and what we've researched at other times. But I found that this one tends to make people um, very upset or very relieved. Um, and we're talking about cord around the neck of a baby mm-hmm. being dangerous. And I say that because it is used as a scapegoat a lot. Well, like oh, this baby was doing this, this, and that, and we got it out, and it had its cord around its neck. And we don't know if... For it, justifying... Yes. You're about for like justifying Justifying C-sections, C-sections yeah. or intervention, or that's why that was happening. Um, and there's no way to really know if that was actually what caused the problem or if it's just like a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. But... So people who have had that issue get very sensitive if you try and say that having the cord around the neck is not as big of a deal as it's made out to be. Because in the past, for them, it justifies what happened in their last birth experience or like that of a family member or somebody close to them. Yes. Um, Do you remember that movie Butterfly Effect? Yes. That thing wigged me out for a long time. And the baby, so he, as a fetus, he killed himself. To keep it from continuing, he wrapped the cord like they were doing an ultrasound. That's right. And And they watched, as a fetus, killed himself. And they watched it happen. And the mom was like screaming, like, get him out and stop. I'm like, is that fetus wrapping its neck in a cord? (laughs) What the hell? That's that's supercharged. It yeah. was awful and, and also completely I think I blocked inaccurate. That out. And feeding really much into a fear about yeah. cord being around the neck. So like we see cords around the neck all the time. Literally all, all the, time. the time. Like uh the te- the technical term for them is nuchal cords. And you get to have it times one, times two, times three, which is how many times it gets wrapped around the neck. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of my thoughts, and so we like to share this information, not to discount other people's birth experiences or the validity of them, but to try. And there's some people that are so scared of their baby's cord being around their neck that, like, I've had people that are like, if I still have an ultrasound and the baby's, the cords are on the baby's neck, like, I just want to have a C-section. And so that's mm-hmm. like a very large fear. Right. And or so... Like at prenatals, we'll always like, or like even consultations, people ask us questions like, well, what do you do if the cord is around the neck? That's always one of like the top five questions. Yeah. And so anytime we can dispel fears because fears can cause, you know, uninformed choices, uninformed choices, or they can be self-fulfilling because a cascade of whatever. Um that, that's like that a whole a, other episode. Yeah. That was, I mean, we've touched on cords before. They can cause issues. They, they can. can cause. 
but more often than not they don't right more often than not they cause like maybe like wonky heart tones at the end which encourages us to have to like try to get the baby out sooner but like i can't think even like births that we've transferred for if they have a cord i can't comfortably say that that birth outcome was because of a cord right never felt that way before because people forget that babies aren't breathing in the womb their lungs are filled with fluid so it's not like they're cutting off they're not choking themselves. Yeah. And I, and when I say that, people always go, oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Because you think of him as a tiny human, like, breathing in yeah. the womb. But, like, uh, that's but not also, what's if anything, it's more of, like, de- a descent issue. But that's so uncommon. So when it comes to that, like, number one, when it comes to choking yourself or whatever, cords in the womb have this great thing called Wharton's jelly. Wharton's jelly. And it keeps itself from restricting itself or being able to wrap too tightly, which would restrict blood flow through the cord. And then there's another thing um, when it comes to descent is that when a baby is descending through the pelvis, um, the uterus doesn't say static and the baby comes out of the uterus. Like the uterus actually gets Drops. smaller as the baby descends and so the the cord stays the same length because as the baby's moving down the uterus is shrinking down with it and so it would be very rare for a cord to be able to cause a descent mm-hmm. issue because by the time the baby comes out the uterus has already shrunk around right. that baby like there's a lot of mechanisms to protect against that yeah the uterine muscles actually thickening yeah the, so the <laughs> the bottom of the uterus is actually it's not that the uterus is shrinking the bottom of the uterus is I could actually not help it. I'm so sorry. I'm going, know it all. The bottom of the uterus is actually going up into the top of the uterus, and then the top of the uterus gets Down thicker here. and thicker. The actual uterus gets smaller as the uterine wall at the top gets thicker, which makes the uterus stronger, which allows for the stronger contractions the further along you are into labor. That was Your quite, uterus actually gets stronger and stronger. Quite Good a job, really approachable you. explanation. You. you should be a midwife. You know you what? Should. I've watched Juliana give the three peace talk so many times where she actually shows the photos of the baby and the uterus as the baby descends and you actually see the uterus getting smaller and the top of the u- the fundus getting thicker thicker and stronger which is really it's a very cool illustration our bodies are pretty amazing yeah and so our bodies are made like babies are wrapped in their cords all the time our bodies are made to protect against that every once in a while it could cause a bad outcome or a problem but for the majority it's so of the time, rare for that to it's happen. surprising that something so uncommon holds such great fear in our society. Yes. Well, because like, oh my god, the cord was around the neck, and then blah blah blah, and then this happened. And yeah, then, and so, we've even seen ones that it's like wrapped around their whole body. Oh yeah, yeah. like that happens pretty regularly. Yeah. And they come out through it, and we unravel them and mm-hmm. hand them to mom. And whenever we tell moms that we can every- just like push their head against their thigh and flip the baby out, they're like, yeah. "What? Somersault? <laughs> yeah. Do it. That sounds so simple. And everything's gravy, baby. It's normal. Babies are meant to be able to we, do that. We could move on, but Kim's leg is on our paper, so oh, we can't sorry. see yeah. what all oh, we wanted to been talk a paper about cut. today. But if you have any more questions about that, like when we have hour-long episodes that usually run into an hour and 15, we can't like stay super long on it. But if you have any more questions about that, email us or whatever. Kim's too busy playing with her pussy right now to focus it's, on the podcast. Isn't he it's so pussy cute? Cat. Um, so I like this one. You need to eat for two while pregnant. Oh, my gosh. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. No. Women get so upset when you tell them that that's not true. No, <laughs> it's, not, it's true. not true. It's such a great justification for eating whatever you want in pregnancy. It is. <laughs> I oh. meant to look up the calories. It's not uh, very many. It's like three. It's 14. 
it's only 400 more. Yeah, I was going to say, say three to 600 more. And then for day. breastfeeding, it's actually more than it is for pregnancy. Right. Yeah. You need to eat for two when you're breastfeeding. You can eat anything <laughs> you freaking want. Man. I used to teach this as a curric- as part of my curriculum when I was up in D.C. And what the research shows is that those extra calories usually are like a handful of almonds, a handful of blueberries. Yes. Some yogurt. Yep. Like yep. it's literally like maybe a snack a day. And at that and not like a burger for a snack, like a couple yep. of blueberries. Yes, but they Sorry, have found y'all. that women who have more fat on their waist and butt, or not their waist, their their thighs and need their more butt, sex. No, on the, <laughs> yes, those jiggly jiggly. Need butts more need wine. Do like snacks. <laughs> no, they found that babies actually like women that have more fat on their thighs and their butt. They actually end up having kids with like higher uh, it's because that IQ fat is what goes they, towards brain growth. They right? use that fat to go towards brain growth yep. through like breastfeeding and stuff. So and we're they make meant, more milk too. Yeah, we're meant to put fat on on our butts and our thighs when we're pregnant. So to whenever help whenever we complain our babies' brains, whenever we complain about not going for a run or not eating well, it's like um, it's for my baby's brain. Okay. Um, I'm this not is to make my baby smarter. My baby's what? IQ just went up like ten points. What baby by eating that? My burger. theoretical baby. I'm yeah. done. I'm just saying in theory. Okay. Watch that booty shake. My baby's getting smart. My baby's getting smart. <laughs> well, we twerk from now on. Can we be like, baby smart? Baby smart. <laughs> yeah. I have no. the smartest kids ever. <laughs> My kids should be like Einstein. I call this chic Ein and that one's Stein. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the next one? Um, if you have heartburn, it means you have a hairy baby. This is one of my personal favorites. I say this to people all the time where to give them hope. Where did that one even come from? I don't know where that came from. I don't. I've perpetuated sure. all the time. Do I'm gonna know? look it up. I, I do. love to perpetuate those things just because it's fun to to like to to perpetuate. Them. I say that to clients. I'm like, I'm just kidding. There's actually no science to support this, but it's fun to think about. There's a lot of things that don't have any science to support them that that seem to be true, though. That's fair. This is probably one of the least harmless, least harmful ones. Yeah, because either your baby will come out and have a lot of hair, and you'll be like, "I guess it was right," or your baby will come out bald, and you and you're like, like, "Oh, I have a baby." You'll be like, "Oh, that wasn't right," but it didn't actually hurt anybody. <laughs> but you know what? This baby is not in my vagina anymore, so I'm totally fine so with whatever every, it looks like. Everybody's a winner. You get a baby. Listen, you, you get, get a baby. baby. You don't you have heartburn get a baby. anymore. I just actually found something. Um, yeah, the health and safety executive. It says, what does that mean? I don't know. Of what organization? This is Google, okay? (laughs) The researchers, the researchers, I don't know what researchers. There's a lot of unknown entities in this statement. Found that of the 28 women, whomever they could be, who had heartburn, 23 babies. Um, had plentiful hair. That's a large study. Re- I mean, is that re- one of those Google searches that's in bold at the top? Yeah, that's the researchers. Think, definitely, this is a massive case study of population of people to use for um, that. We our OB culture <laughs> makes decisions based on studies of like what what was the COVID study? Seventeen yeah, women, right? And, and now we know. Started. Shut up! No, you don't. Anyway, it says hormones are released during pregnancy to relax a muscle in the stomach, and the researchers these researchers think that this hormone may also control a baby's hair growth. This might be the Willy Wonka. What? Like, I can imagine it's like a hairy stomach while I'm hearing that. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say that I've been able to say whether that was true or not with any definition. I keep saying I'm going to write down and keep a notebook with tallies of like who had heartburn and I who had a I can't even keep baby. a notebook no. of how many births I've been to. No, I, I haven't. Done. Kim is the only one of the three of us that has accomplished that. I, I think I, I She's at least most... six weeks behind. I have most of mine. People ask me that question all the time. How many births have you been to? 
yeah, I don't actually yeah. know. I'm the same way people ask me to. Like, it's somewhere in the line. It's somewhere between 150-ish and 250-ish. Girl, I think you're past that. Mm. I think you're under underestimating. I, I really don't know. Oh, wait. This one says researchers at John Hopkins in Baltimore found that when pregnant women reported moderate heartburn, they had hairy newborns 82% of the time. The majority of heartburn-free women gave, gave birth to bald babies. So, yeah, moving on from Harper means what's, a hairy baby. Apparently, there's a couple small studies that do support that in 82% of cases, heart, people with heartburn do have hairy babies. Okay, no, this is one of my favorites, though, because you know what? A lot of people have put a lot of, like, weight to this one. Um, fetal heart tones, like the baby's heartbeat in pregnancy. I get asked about this yeah. all the time. So I had always heard that if it was if it was below 140, that it meant you were having a boy. And if it was above 140, it meant you were having a girl. Um, Kim also had heard... Kim had heard something, like some different Yeah, numbers. I heard if it was like always in the 120s, it was a boy. And if it was always in the one like 60s, it was a girl. But so it was still similar that faster faster, faster meant girl, girl yeah. slower meant boys. Just different parameters of fast versus slow. Right. And so... I also have meant to be keeping a notebook of tallies of this. And I have I not done do. it though. But I've seen it prove wrong several times for sure in my own... So I've had babies that were like always 160s and i was like that's definitely a girl definitely comes out and, it's it's, and then it's just an anxious boy right. and it's a boy yeah <laughs> just okay see for you me also say that like hard tones determine personality also and that's not a thing see for me yeah. when i was pregnant like it was really annoying because i swear both of my kids were always exactly like 140 throughout pregnancy so it was like i had no give either way and i always thought i was having a boy but it was just like no clues at all yeah, because I had girls, and they were always in the one forties. Honestly, just get so excited in the moment when parents realize what they're having, and they like you see that joy on their face, or in some cases that sadness. But yeah. like I always forget like what their heart tones were prenatally yeah. because I'm just like in the moment with them and don't. Remember. Yeah. So I don't know if we're answering any question here, but I haven't seen the answer you, is. I mean, well, are you Kim? Are you it, looking Kim? that up now? Are no, you looking not. up whether she's there's any right any validity to that? No. Can you Google it? No. Yes, Kim, I can. Can you be a resident? Yes, I will do that right now. A resident um, Google searcher. Oh my God! There's so much going on right there now. There's a lot going on. So I don't know if your filter loud. is going to cancel the dog out. It, it usually does. It usually does. So in the meantime, while she's looking that up, we'll come back to it. Another one is once a C-section. Always a C-section. We already did a Which huge episode on this, right? We talked about that huge. in our, our feedback, feedback episode. Yeah. So Bullshit. I will just say unequivocally, that was a big word, that that is not true. That was a big word. Yeah, there's, yeah, the science behind that, it does not exist. Does not, it's not true. Uh, V-backs are, are, sa are safe. There is some increased risk when you're having a V-back. But like, but the the one that everyone talks about, which is the scar, is less than one percent. Yes, and so like, I think the studies I've looked at have showed that like eighty six percent of women who attempt a VBAC are successful at it. Right, and that doesn't mean that they 
you know, just didn't have anything ca- like the other 14 percent had something catastrophic happen. It meant that 86 percent of those people had a vaginal birth and 14 percent of the others ended up having a, a repeat C-section. Well, it would also be interesting to look at the people who didn't have a successful V back, who their providers were as well. Exactly. Because there's so much of that is about having providers who support you and seeking out a V back. Yes, for sure. For sure. I did find the answer. This is just Healthline.com, not the first link. <laughs> not the first link. But it says, no, the heart rate cannot predict the sex of the baby. There are a lot of old wives' tales surrounding pregnancy. And then they said, you may have heard above 140, below 140, but the fact is... That might that... be the only thing the Healthline has ever put out that I actually agree with. Yep. It doesn't matter at all. No, but it doesn't matter. But it's fun to talk about. Yeah. And it gives us something to hold on to when moms and dads choose not to figure out the sex of their baby and then want to, like, have fun with it and figure it out. You know what else is a really fun one to talk about? That um, That a man's penis yes! can hit his baby's head while having sex with his wife. Can I have his partner or his sexual partner. There's a claymation in, out of England that shows this, and I really want to give this resource out to our moms. So if I can't look it up before this conversation, but listen, I'm going to post no, it. No, yes, obviously the... The penis will go, even if the head is really low, yeah. the penis will go down and around the head. But Yeah, the cervix ha- protects it. Yeah. And, and yes, your penis yes, yes. can slide past your cervix. Right. So, yes. I mean, obviously, the vaginal tissue and the cervix, all of that is, like, completely covering the baby's head. But And the water is protecting. From- right. So, you're never, the penis never touches the baby or goes in the cervix or in the vagina, but... It does go in the vagina. It Oh, sorry, in the Only uterus. Only if it's the right kind. It does go in the vagina. It, it goes in the vagina. It doesn't go in the u- inside but, the uterus. I but they do feel like their penis is hitting the baby's head. If they're that some, baby's head some is cultures really low, where they don't have sex yeah. during pregnancy because of that fear. It's like a really real concern. So maybe they're saying like I'm hitting the baby's head. They're not saying like direct skin to skin contact yeah. but that i have felt i mean the vaginal wall is very thin yeah so if you put your hand in there it feels like the baby's, the baby's head's head, right there yeah. so the guys some guys are really waked out by that yeah but you have to reach in like especially if you're not in labor like you're usually feeling people's cervixes like in labor or right but occasionally they, it is really low like yeah. the baby's even head before. is really low yeah, yeah. But if we wouldn't be telling people to have sex during labor even, like, to get it going. Yeah, but you right. have to, issue. like, even before labor, like, usually we have to, not always, like, there are some people whose babies hang out super low before labor, but, um... Maybe we, we should call this reach, one an old husband's You tale. have yeah, to really. reach your, your fingers pretty far back. Yeah. Usually, yes. And yeah. most of that service is going to move out of the way. Yeah. I can't find the video I was talking about, but it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. So it's like a claymation reenactment of sex during like full term pregnancy. Yeah. And it's it shows like the penis entering the vagina and it's like nudging like the guy's like, and it's gonna be an earthquake. The baby's <laughs> gonna shake. The fluid's gonna rock. Like gonna be so into- That's just your lady's ass. And yeah. then it- <laughs> And then it shows the video, and then you're like, this, the tip of the penis barely hits the cervix, and, the and like, the he- baby's head doesn't even move. The cervix, like, moves back a little bit, and there might be, like, a little bit of uterine movement, and it goes, thunk. And then the baby, like, doesn't even move, yeah. and it's the best video Because ever. it absorbs all of it. Yes. So, yeah, the your water, baby... The water and the cervix and all of it absorbs all of it. a lot of, like, shock that. absorption going but on it does, in the vagina. If your baby's head is low, it does feel like your penis is hitting the baby. But you're head. not going to hurt your but baby. But you're not going to hurt your baby. You're not going to cause any damage to your baby whatsoever <laughs> you're not gonna, at all. You're not going to sink that thing into your baby's fontanelle? No. <laughs> 
know, but some men will be like, well, what if you're, you know, like, hung. Like, you know, you know. I'm like, no, what? Gifted. Like, what? Your wife's having sex with a donkey? I don't think so. I think I it's okay. I think it's okay. I think we'll all make it. I think if that's happening, you have bigger things like, to worry about. I feel like if that was happening, you're still even before like she's pregnant, you're not going to be able to get all that all the way in. She's going to be. She's going like, to be like, get oh. out. Ah, 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 because your vaginal canal is only so long even before you're pregnant. Katie and I did that at the last birth. Oh, nice. Wait, in what context? I can't not, remember. We, I do, we're but I don't think later. we're going to say it. Out oh. <laughs> That's yeah. It was funny though. <laughs> it was all right. What's the next one before um, we have to go to a break? Um, <laughs> Kim's okay. like, can we please? Are stop we done? done? This, no, this is a good one. <laughs> Babies can drown in a water birth. Oh, I love explaining this yeah. one. Go, go for it. No, you guys can dive totally in do like, like a, a water birth. birth. You just said, oh, oh, that was good. <laughs> What'd you say? I'm sad I missed that one. I said like a water birth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks they're bit. Not everyone, but um. A lot of people. A lot of people are like, well, I want to get out of the tub because I don't want my baby to drown. And so I remind them that their baby's lungs are filled with amniotic fluid. So they're they're in the womb. Their lungs are full of their pee. Their, yes. Fluid. Their amniotic fluid is essentially fluid that's created by your body. And then also the baby is peeing and they're swallowing it and it's getting into their lungs and everything else. So, so coming from one water-filled environment Environment. into another water-filled environment nothing is changing so if you leave the baby in the water for Mm -hmm. five minutes they're likely bound to drown because you're gonna try to breathe they're gonna try to breathe but if you research babies drowning in a water birth you're not gonna find it because it's not I've even physiologically watched, possible. I've even watched a lot of videos where they left the baby in the water yeah, they longer than out. I felt comfortable. Yes. But in every single video that I've ever watched like that, it's almost like you see the baby come online. Like the baby will just be floating in there. Like it's like the yes. amniotic sac. And then yep. all of a sudden they'll like twitch. Like, like oh, this is different. Like coming online and they pull the baby out. Right. And it's almost like they have this weird twitch reflex before they start to breathe. Yes. Yeah. And they're not supposed to breathe. technically physiologically they shouldn't breathe until they hit air because that yes. change is what causes the physiological changes in their body. Right. There's yeah. oxygen sensors around their mouth and in the back of their throat. So until... They're safe and in oxygen, in air, which has oxygen, they shouldn't take that first breath. Yeah. Um, And and water birth babies do take a little longer sometimes to transition. But it's because because it's such an easy transition. Yeah, because it's so calm. But your baby cannot drown coming out of your vagina into the water. And if their head is just out, like Mm -hmm. their chests are very compressed inside your vaginal canal, which would also make it less less likely that they're going to like try and breathe in. Um, But I also want to say as well that while that's all happening, they're still attached to their cord. And so their placenta is still providing them with oxygen. The same amount of oxygen they had been getting. The yeah. whole time mm-hmm. they've been in utero right. surrounded by water. Well, yeah. I want to say too, like when he spoke to the chest compression too, like even if, because we do have babies that try to breathe on the perineum, but like again, yeah. they're breathing liquid which is what they've yeah. been breathing their entire existence thus and far. i don't right. see that so in, even in that moment it's i not don't concerning. see that in water babies so much the well, times i have see it. I mean, yeah that's true but the times i have seen that it's been on a bed birth where it's like their yes. head has and been, it's been out for a while like, mm-hmm. yeah and their head has hit the oxygen so it's like starts to stimulate that reflex mm-hmm. i've had babies come out screaming yeah. yeah like they just they their head they're comes ready out to go and they immediately just like emit this like Bleh! and, and unfortunately like, there's the moms with so much fluid running around the baby's face that you're like ah! i know ah! don't, don't, don't moving do the fluid that, out yeah. of their mouth 
Yeah, but do you yeah. remember that last birth we did where the baby like tried to cry like while its head was just out and the mom had had like a lot of like had it was like well the water had broken but it was all stuck behind the baby and then there was also blood but then too. there was blood like she had something happen where she bled like a little bit I feel more like her than cervix, normal like released a lot of the yeah and had she a lot bled of a lot more than normal um as the baby was coming down and so the blood kind of pooled at the base of the baby's head and then this baby starts trying to like breathe on the perineum and is making little like Mm-hmm. sounds and, and meredith's like scooping it's the so blood away weird. from his face it's so weird well i was just talking we talked about this birth last time but like the mom that had the water birth we just did and she didn't want me to touch the baby so i see the baby out like i see the baby's yeah. legs out in the water i'm like that baby's out and i'm like that's all right she needs a minute give her a minute to become a mom like she's not She's not ready to pick up that baby yeah. yet. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, my God, that baby's just in the water. I know. It's hard. <laughs> it is and really I will, hard. <laughs> I want to add, too, like, there are times, once the baby's face has been exposed to the air, yeah. that it no longer holds true. Like, you cannot yes. go back right. into the water. Yes. Yeah. So that's Which I feel the like, deal that we've tried to, like, show people, ha- if they have their baby's head out and they, they lift their pelvis out of the water, they have to then stay out of the water. Right. right. And I have to say, though, whenever I verbalize that to a mom when she's in the depths of pushing, I'm like, she's not hearing what I'm saying right no. now. Like, there is no point. But they always do. They always hear us and they always oh, like no, protect I their baby. Absolutely oh, baby. manhandled. I've, had, oh, okay. I've like, That's been like, I'm sorry, kept, I'm holding you down. Yeah, I physically kept a woman's pelvis below the water at, yeah. at some points. But then at other points, if it did come up, I'd be like, OK, now you just have to yeah, stay have up to and stay birth up. the rest of your right. baby out of the water. <laughs> They're like, no, I want the water. I'm like, mm, that's too bad. Negatory. Negatory. your baby is not going to drown being born in the water. It's actually quite peaceful. I yes. love water I love water birth. birth. Yeah. All right. What is my favorite? What's the next um, one? It's time to go to our break, actually. Awesome. So then we're going to go to our break. And when we come back, we have just a couple more um, old wives tales. And then we're going to do our birth story of the week that I'm so excited about. Oh, we probably need like 20 minutes for that story, right? Yeah. Probably. So we're going to have to make our other myths go a little shorter. All right, let's get a break. Break. Cue the music. Oh, yeah. So our sponsor for today's episode is once again our Teespring shop. Do you love cute shirts with birthy sayings on them? Do you love our logo? Would you love to have a mug or a bag with our logo on it? Well, if you like any of those things, then our Teespring shop is the place for you. Um, We will put a link to it in our posts on social media, um, but it's the Wine About Birth Teespring. And we are really trying to raise money in order to get a professional to add closed captions to our YouTube videos so that the deaf community can enjoy our podcast as much as the hearing community. So check out our Teespring shop and um, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Cheers. Welcome back from that delightful break. So hi. delightful. Hi, Emily. I was very delighted. I'm, ch- I'm texting with Emily. Yeah. It's I love happening her. right now. The, That's it. A lot of stuff happened on that Just break. Just keep on walking. So we're supposed to talk a little bit more about our last Old Wives Tales. And again, guys, if you think of other old wives tales that you'd oh, like yeah. us to talk about, Ooh. email them to us. Hey, can I take a minute before we forget again to mention that we're doing our COVID challenge? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Thank you. Because we forgot last time. We did. Yeah, but people are like crushing it. 
I know. They're keeping me on my toes. I've definitely <laughs> mailed out a lot. A lot of cards. Of handmade letters. But. You're so good. I want more. So let's, let's get some more. It's never enough. We've gotten some pictures. I'm really looking forward to these pictures. So mm. um, get online. Send us your actual mailing address. Mailing mailing address. address. And you can send that to our Facebook, our Instagram, our wineaboutbirth at gmail.com. And then I will draw any way you want to. Send <laughs> I would like to. to I would like to say that we have both markers. offered for her to delegate this handwritten love note. Listen, task, I have a, and she has I, yet to do it. So your handwritten have, love note will come from Kim. I have an OCD Kim. issue, and everyone that emails in, I have a little checkbox for them with their name and address next. It's to in it. crayon. And no, it's, it's not. It's in pen. It's so kind of like it. how you <laughs> it started guys, out in crayon. It's kind of like how you guys keep offering to help me with the like editing process, and I'm like, yes, cha, 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 cha. exactly. No, I'm OCD. Does that mean that I'm the least OCD person in this figure? Because I'll accept Probably. from anybody. I would say yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. We have more emotional trauma in our lives, and it makes us need to control things. But then whoever sends us <laughs> no, the... I think it just means I might have handled you my have emotional just trauma. You as much emotional trauma as us. You <laughs> just better. let it out better. That's true. Room. I just cry more through my, yeah, your my trauma because I'll throw my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. We just hold it all in and it, it seeps out of our pores as control for other issues. Okay, so then whoever sends us the best picture... The best picture of, of them you. sharing our card. You can put it somewhere. Or video. Video it. You can put it somewhere. You can hand it to someone. You can take a picture of it yeah. being somewhere like, cool. If you're at a bar and you're having a drink drunken conversation with a person you're like oh my god we love bar I pictures love this podcast is the best podcast i've ever listened to and you should listen to it you could videotape that whole thing and then you could send that to I us i have failed in sharing the pictures we've been getting are you kidding me i haven't <laughs> seen any of them <laughs> we haven't gotten that i mean we've gotten, we've some, gotten but some i would love a video of people giving people our now that we bars. talked about the covid challenge on our podcast we'll do it this week wait okay. okay. i and think then whoever we wins. should go to a bar and give out our card ourselves and that would be a good motivation they're for not people. open there's no bar you we can go to the brew they're open that's true i mean i know because we went and we danced i've been sharing my i've been wearing my fanny pack and sharing my cards Mm -hmm. everywhere i go all right we'll do that this weekend okay um whoever wins gets an awesome care package yes we're sending you an awesome care package there's gonna be alcohol and stuff and we don't know No, there won't be any alcohol in our care package what what is the ups listening i don't think maybe whatever there will be stuff with our logo on it okay let's go to our next it follows us um, okay, so our next our next one. I think this is. I, I think I say that a lot. I think this is a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, sex for gender. Oh, so that, that actually has some science. I, know. I think there is a little bit so of science. So there's yes. some people that it's say not about sex. It's not about sex. So it's like if you want to have a boy, you're supposed to. You do it to- from behind. No. Right? No, Kim. <laughs> don't you dare encourage women to do a fine. That's not what they want. If you want to go say for that. it, you have to put your butt on a pillow. That's what right? men say. No. That's so, what men say. So the one that I know says that if you, <laughs> if you do it while you're actually ovulating, that you're more likely to have a boy because they say that boy sperm swim faster, but girl sperm. So I'm smarter. They live longer. Yes. They, they live longer. They take their time and then they have longevity. <laughs> that sounds like the most yes. genderfied thing I've ever heard in my freaking life. I think it's bullshit. So if boy <laughs> sperm swim faster, if you have sex when you're actually ovulating, the boy sperm will just like right to the egg and like burrow Boom. their little heads Get into it. it and then bam, you have a yes. boy. 
And then girl sperm while they swim slower than the boy sperm. So if you Just have something, <laughs> if you have sex before you actually ovulate, because like you're fertile for like five days before you ovulate. Mm -hmm. Then the girl sperm will like swim up to where the egg is and, and hang then, out and wait, and then patiently. they'll just chill for the egg to be released from your from your ovary. And if and that then, were true, that'll explain a lot of. And our then society. around them, all the male sperm are just dying. Like I swam too fast, and now I can't live. <laughs> oh, I can't last any <laughs> longer because I've overdone it. Your dogs in the street. And then, and so then the girl sperm are like, look at all those boy sperm dying. And then the girl sperm like see the egg get released and they just like jump right on in there. So I would say for me, I don't know how Jess true is this on a is. Roll right now. I don't know how true this is, but I will say for me, like I have a tendency to want to do it several days before I ovulate. The day I ovulate. You're only meant to have girls. Jess. Everything yes. shuts down. The day I ovulate, I tend to be having like butt cramps and like discomfort and I'm just like meh but like four days it's because you don't want to put any more boys on the planet that's right and so um for me that is proved true um but i i can't say that it's true for everybody because i've definitely seen cases where it's not true but i also have a friend with four boys and she gets horny on her ovulation day i have Every four time. boys as well and what is it? Uh, is that true for you? I'm ready to go the whole week. I mean, the whole week before, right up until the actual day. Yeah, I ovulate. So there's just so much sperm in there. It's just you just and keep then when going I ovulate and it hurts, I'm like done. Yeah. So I have not so heard much sperm that. in there. That sounded disgusting. No. <laughs> I mean, it's like a smorgasbord of. Let's sperm. be honest. Old sperm. Ew. New sperm. Ew. Ew I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> that's disgusting the only thing i've ever heard scientifically is that it depends on the guy's body heat so i don't know if that has to do with like where if their body heat shifts like with our cycles or what but only i've heard is that if the man's like core body temperature is higher they're more likely to they're more likely to boys really than girls I've also I've heard, only ever read that research once and I haven't followed up. I've on also it, so. heard that it can depend on a woman's vaginal pH. Yeah. Like some women have different different like they're more acidic or they're more not acidic. And, and well, the pH and also changes during sperm. the um, during your cycle, too. Yeah. So that could and that boy and girl sperm can survive easier in more acidic environments. So if you have an acidic acidic vagina you're more likely to have girls because when girls say, are survivors man we are survivors. we are survivors when you say girl and boy sperm i picture them with little bow ties and bows on their head as opposed to male and female sperm which sounds more like yeah like legit i feel like we're gonna get torn apart by the uh i'm not gonna keep talking the X and Y chromosome sperms. Okay. Yes. That's what I'm going to start calling them now because yes. that, what I was saying was not politically correct. So it's the X Look at chromosome us acknowledging sperm us not being and politically the Y chromosome sperms. And yes. I'm, I'm notorious for not being politically correct. I'm going to try and correct that. Good job, you. From here on out. Good job. Yeah. Cheers to that. Do we have time for another one or can we just tell our birth story? Let's, have, let's do um, one more about the weather. Weather slash the moon being full affects birth. So there's like that. Very old wives tell that more babies tend I'm to be on born the, on, on a full moon. moon. And if you talk to anybody in a hospital, they will say it's true. <laughs> I would say, yeah, that's true. That <laughs> my hospital friends do say that they see an uptick in births. On see, I talked to fa I've talked to <laughs> hospital people, and they've said that that is not true, and so that they don't see any correlation. Then this is just an objective question yeah. that no one can answer. I've never seen so a correlation. In fact, there's been people that I thought were going to have their baby on a full moon, and they for sure did not 
But I will say I do buy into, from my experience, the weather affecting Yeah, birth. I was going to say, the only way I've ever justified the full moon theory is barometric pressure, which makes more yes. sense with weather. Yes. And so I've seen it like clients who have their babies, of course, when it, the freaking blizzard decides to come mm-hmm. through or like or a, a thunderstorm, a freaking lightning storm. We just had a thunderstorm baby the other day. Yeah. We did. That's right. Mm-hmm. I was driving in it and it was not fun and I was not at the birth. It was fun for us. I know. It wasn't for me. Um, I can also see barometric pressure being associated with the moon because the moon changes like water cycles. So yeah, if I the feel moon like is there's powerful enough potential to, weight to do to the it. tide, then why wouldn't it affect a baby being born? But I would just say that from my experience of 14 years, I have not seen more babies born on the full moon. I do always look at the moon when I'm driving to birth and in my brain they are always fuller, but I don't necessarily feel like that's because it's true. It's because that's what I'm seeking out. Yeah. Because my mom worked in psych and she said full moons are always really difficult for them. I don't know why I'm associating with psych patients. I do believe that. (laughs) I believe that the moon does affect people's behavior. I just don't know if it affects not fetal behavior. I just don't know about it. I mean, if you like vampires and you saw all those vampire movies, then you know that it does affect Effect behavior human behavior. i'm staring at two people who share vampire books back and forth regularly so yes i have a problem two of you <laughs> <laughs> i never do that as you drink red blood red wine i have a problem <laughs> okay so i think it's time for our birth story of the week so me and kim so i'm just gonna sit back on this one during, uh, you know, I, I have to talk about the day before their birth yeah. when we get to it, but go ahead. Yeah, but during, um, so this summer, I'm just going to like preface this with this summer. We're going to bitch a lot. <laughs> this summer has been like the summer of people going to like 42 weeks. It's been the summer of just like nobody having their baby when we would want them to. Um, and and that's because we want off call time. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah, the reason. Yeah. And I will also say that I've been doing births for 14 years and I think I've had two clients had their babies before in their 37th week. Like it doesn't happen. It's not very common, especially if it's a first time mom. Can I talk about how you got hired? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this mom yeah. is I love her so much and her husband. They're just the cutest, most amazing couple. And they're so funny. Isn't she beautiful? She's literally she's like, stunning. She's stunning. They're she, some of my favorite birth photos I've ever seen. And I don't know this person She's at so all. beautiful. She's abnormally beautiful. I don't even have it's not normal. Yeah, yeah, it's not. You look at her and you're like, you don't even want to talk to her. Yeah. Like the sun's glowing from yeah. inside of her. So she said to me, I think I, I, think I do want a doula. And I said... Well, I recommend, like, here's Jessica. She's my favorite. And then she comes back a month later. Oh, that's right. And she goes, listen, I need podcast Jess. Where's, could you have a card for podcast Jess? And I said, that is Jess. That's (laughs) Jessica McKee. That's right. She listened to her podcast. It's the same person. She got, she listened to our podcast. I don't, I think I may have told, I I told her about it. You told me that she was like, listen, I'm not going to hire the person that you suggested. I'm going to hire the one from this podcast. In your podcast. Yes. And I, and I was like, that's us. That is our podcast. (laughs) We are those people. Yeah. (laughs) But I think she may, I don't know if I, gave her the podcast for like circumcision i can't remember if she's one of the ones that listened to it before she came in yeah. or not but yeah she wasn't gonna hire you she yeah. was gonna hire the podcast, podcast jess. Jess. yeah <laughs> which is the real jess because jess can only be jess. herself anyway go ahead with the story story <laughs> um so she calls us so she's not even 38 weeks i haven't been on call for her yet oh i was supposed to talk about what happened the day before 
Yes. Talk about that. Okay. The day before she came in for her appointment. I did not know about this. Yes. At 37 and one or two. One of the two. I don't remember. I can't. I don't. Whatever it was. 37 and one or two days. And she is like stunningly beautiful. You know, her hair. Oh, yeah. I'm so beautiful. And she's like, I'm going to have my baby tomorrow because it's. Whatever his name is. Her husband's birthday. Birthday. And I was yeah. like, listen, go on with your bad self. Like, That's I know it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I know you're a princess and you look like that. So you're used to every single thing going your way. Also, we had just had that person <laughs> who her entire pregnancy had said she was going to go to like 41 yes. in like seven, which because would be 42 of a specific day of because the she month. wanted to have yes. a baby on a specific day yep. and then she didn't have her baby on that specific day. Yes. So I was like, listen, I hear you and you're adorable. Get over it. It's not happening. Get over it. So then the next day. Yeah. So she texts me at like 830 in the morning and she says, so I had it to- had to be before that you were texting me at 730. Was I? I don't remember what time it was. It was early. It was before I usually wake up. I hadn't had my coffee. It was before 10 a.m. I was off call. I'm going to look after this. So she's texting me in the morning. I was already awake, but I was laying in bed looking at my phone as I do in the morning. And she was like, so we had contractions last night about every 15 to 20 minutes. Um... I slept really great in between them, but I just wanted to let you know. And then I woke up this morning and my mucus plug came out and I was like, okay. And so I'm like, (laughs) that doesn't mean anything like this. But that is more than most. Yes. You know, at 37 But how many people have that happen and nothing happens for weeks? Like so many. For three weeks. And so then like they start, they're texting me a little bit while longer and they're like, so the contractions are still happening. Um, and then they're like, so now they're like five minutes apart. And now they're four minutes apart. And now they're three minutes apart. And like, this is like literally within like an hour's period of time. I was wrong. Yeah, it was like nine something. No, 821. Eight, it was 821, okay. 821, you texted me. Okay. So, it was wrong and she's I not said handling it, it well. I yeah. said I had to bite my lips. Oh, she's literally is, making is, a face right now this, I'm watching her. I'm like, she's not okay This whole right birth now. is the like, is Epitome the culmination of Kim being wrong. Kim being wrong. I was, I can't believe I I was wrong all over the place. Yes. All, everywhere. So <laughs> I, I like to meet this person and shake her hand. Yes. So I text Kim and I'm like... So, blah, 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 not saying your name, is having contractions. It is probably prodromal labor and nothing's going to happen, but I wanted to let you know. And so... Would you attend her birth, even though you're off call? That's right. You were off call, but she was had, she's early, so she was planning on you being her birth Yeah, assistant, because she listened to every wife. episode of our podcast, yes. and she was like, you yes. guys are going to be my team. And also, Jen was supposed to be on maternity leave by the time she went into labor. Um, and so I was like, I'll text Kim, and then I'll talk to her about it. Um, and so... I'm still thinking, like, there's no way this happened. Me and Kim are literally texting each other back and forth. We're like, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. It's prodromal labor. And I didn't even tell Jen who was on call. Yeah. Because usually I'd be like, listen, I know you're on call, but yeah. I'm going to this birth. I didn't even do that. So it's like nine something. And so he's texting me and he's like, yeah, they're like, they're really coming. And I was like, all right. So <laughs> this is a first time mom. This is this the second is time happening. Mom. I was like, all right, I'm going to have my coffee and then may- let me know if you need me to come check on you. And I'm like, she- they're like, okay. 
So I'm like sitting on the porch having my coffee and he's like, yeah, they're really close together. And so I text Kim. I'm like, listen, I'm going to go over there and check on them. They are saying their contractions. That was at nine at nine oh seven. Yeah. You said I'm going to finish my coffee and head that over. That was literally like thirty minutes later. Yeah. So it's like no time has passed at all. It's literally like I took my morning crap, and this is a first time. Mom. Yeah, but be thankful listen, she took it before she went. Listen, okay, Linda, Linda, Linda. I have my morning coffee. I take my morning crap. It's something I call we it a all poop. do. All right. That's the closest to shit she'll ever say. So enjoy yes. it. She That's said it last true. last said episode. It. She said, said the f bomb and shit. And you missed both times. Stop. I did. Don't bring attention to I'm it. I'm a horrible influence. Don't bring attention to it. All your friends are gonna think it's your fault. You're like this, <laughs> or my fault. You're like okay. This. So anyway, so I like I'm like okay. I'm coming over checking. I'm t- I'm texting Kim and I'm like, listen, they're saying the contractions are two minutes apart. And this is happening. And she's like, it's totally prodromal labor. I don't believe and you were like, anything you're saying. It's either prodromal labor or we're going to get there. Or it's a miracle. super shocked and it's going to be a miracle. So I walk in the house. I walk, And I'm like, I'll let you know as soon as I get there. I walk in the house and I immediately hear her. And I'm like, whoa. Yes. That's a miracle. That's not. Her husband. Prodromal labor. Her husband was like. Did Jess call you and put the phone down at some point? Because I don't know what happened, but I saw her phone down and the screen was lit. And then the next thing I knew, she was saying, Kim's on her way. And I was like, yeah, it's magical. It works like that. <laughs> no. You did call me. And it I was, was actually like, oh. just through thought process. There was no telephone communication. And they just literally sent brainwaves. Yes, telepathic. telekinesis. But when you called my phone, I was like, oh, it's on. Like, yeah. I didn't even wait to hear what you were saying i, I like, saw you were calling and i started took it like, walk to the bathroom you should come you should definitely take her come. morning shit before she came i didn't which is why i pooped when we got to the center but this birth was like the epitome of we don't know anything about anything because i was like literally like she could push her baby out at any moment so i asked him to come to the house to check on her so kim comes to the house to check on her and she checks her and she's seven to eight centimeters that's amazing she literally we, went from like yes. having contractions 15 to 20 minutes apart through the night to like yep. like 100 miles ahead in no time at all. And so we're like, which I now have a theory that we're going to have to have a whole episode about, about being checked when you're eight centimeters dilated. Because like we said in the last podcast, we, we don't, don't celebrate it. We don't celebrate eight centimeters. I, I got a thought. text from them saying that she was at eight and celebrating. And I was like, no. oh, no, you did say you said, but we're not going to celebrate. We're not going to celebrate it yet. But, but when I got there, I did. You were think, celebrating. I did think she was about to start pushing. Like It was intense when I yeah, got yeah. there. I thought we'll make it to the center, but she'll be pushing right when we get yes. there. Wow. Oh, home birth is glorious. Yes. So then she had to decide whether she wanted to try and go to the center or if she wanted to stay home. She decided ultimately she wanted to go to the center. So I decided to drive with her because it was one of those situations where it's like. So intense. This could be happening. And once, Jessica, once Jessica starts rubbing your butt. It yeah. can't stop. <laughs> There's no stop to that. So I, ha- I actually took a video. You don't know this yet, but I took a video of me in the back of the car rubbing your butt. As it's we're going so good. Down the road. Yes. Um, and so we're on our way to the birth center. We get the we get there. She ends up being at like seven to eight. Well, we didn't check her for like five more hours, but she was still like eight to nine. Yes. Yep. And so it was, again, one of those things where it's like things what were going the hell? so well. Why are they like... Why but are I could th- I could feel that baby... I think the baby was posterior. I, okay. 
baby felt posterior, like belly wise. Mm -hmm. And then also I could feel the anterior fontanelle, like way where it was not supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. But her contractions while they were intense and they kept coming, she never reached that point where we were like, you're in transition. Right. So it's like, sometimes we fool ourselves. So we're like, maybe this is transition and we're just, you know, it's going to be one of those easier transitions because every once in a while that happens. People just kind of laugh through their transition. Not often. Sometimes it does. Usually in between contractions, not during. <laughs> yes. So it, she's just going and going and going and going and going. And at some point in time, like she had this beautiful like bulge on her tailbone. Like we could tell like stuff's happening. And, and it was one of those where it tricks you because at certain points, like things kept happening. They're thinking like, oh, it's moving to the next level. Like her noises are changing. Yes. Or she's, she felt like vaginal she's pressure. She's pushing on her own. She's feeling vaginal pressure. She's now she was feeling butt pressure. Now she's feeling vaginal pressure and the bump in her tailbone went down. And then it was like then it would just stop. And it's like, hmm, what's happening? And then we did the magical. Um, so then it had been going on for a while. So then we did the butt jiggle. You also did the um, the release. Yes. I think first, the release is what did it. First was the butt jiggle. The butt jiggles, things are still not progressing. And so finally I'm like, I'm going to do a sideline release. Which was absolute bum, hell. Bum, While bum. she was in the sideline release, Total she definitely hell. started to get transitioning. What I we know that think some, of as transitioning. Yep. Like you want to kill everybody. You think everything, everything's terrible. You can't do it anymore. Um, but it works, ladies. For so those who are listening, if you ever have a midwife who puts you in a sideline release, just know that we're doing it because it works. Yes. We, this, love you. we did the sideline release and then we shook the apples a little bit after that. And there was an immediate shift, but I literally thought she was going to kill me during that sideline release. You did that sideline release. I did think she was going to kill yeah. you. But then I checked her almost immediately after. And it felt so different. Not, it, I could feel, it's like the baby's head was still turning. It was like mid-turn. Mm-hmm. And I could feel the baby like rotating like like crazy rotating and i was like oh well that's different yeah let's try a push and then she pushed the first time we tried pushing nothing happened yeah but then we tried pushing again and the baby came right at me and i was like yes it worked and then she was not happy no she was she stayed very unhappy (laughs) i'm guessing she was one of those that did not like pushing she, she was okay with pushing. It was when she didn't know she was fully dilated or yes. not. And she was stuck in that same place. Yep. But now she's transitioning. And she's been seven, eight centimeters for like six or seven hours. Yeah, it was terrible. And and she's like, I didn't think I was going to feel this much pain for this long. And uh, and most people don't. That's no. not the norm. But the amount of time that she spent actually in that transitiony mode was actually super normal. Once yeah. she turned over because into her, that yes. everybody is I'm, this isn't happening and I hate you all I want to go and her husband and was so amazing oh the whole god, time oh my so god amazing. the pictures you got are like stunning he was so so like supportive and he just kept whispering in her ear like you're so amazing and you've got this and you just need to breathe and you really relax and release your shoulders and release your arms and release your butt and do this release your jaw and then at, when she finally started transitioning, she was like, I can't do that right now. I'm like, oh, good. We're here. We're there. Like, That's this happening. This is transition. This is it. You've made it. Now you finally made it there. And then every time I would say something, I'd step back in case she swung. I know, right? And so then she did finally start, like, pushing. And her pushing stage, for as as long as it took for her to get from, like, 7 centimeters to 10 centimeters, Wait, her pushing stage. for five hours? No, no, no. She oh, no. She wasn't pushing. She, she was, had like, gotten pushy pushing. at some points in time, but it wasn't, like, all out pushing. 
What's going on? You have technical difficulties with don't your chair. Don't try to undo her. <laughs> Just keep talking. Don't look at me. So I'm then, sorry. so then she starts pushing, and now it's like there's this point in times where, as a birth worker, where you're hoping they're making progress, but you're not feeling like they're making progress. But you're trying to say like maybe they're making progress, and I'm just not feeling that they're making progress. And then they're asking you those questions like, so is this transition? And you're like, well, it seems like it could be because you were doing this, but also transition could get like this. So it's like again one of those things we talked about last week, where it's like. Where it's like we don't know anything about anything. Like we're always second. We're always like trying to deduce from what's happening what's actually happening. And eventually, we knew what was happening. And then when it actually happened, we're like, "Oh yes, now it's happening." <laughs> so I'm sorry. There's a lot going on. So then she pushed out her baby, and and I have the most glorious video of her. Husband. Oh my god! It was. Listen, that was. At one point, she because I took his hand because I, I really want more dads to be able to do all of it. I am struggling in my seat right now. It's not working. <laughs> it's a struggle bus. So I almost got it. So so I was feeling like I wanted to make sure baby was coming, yeah. and I put his hand like when I could see the baby's head. I put his hand mm-hmm. and she looked down and said, why is his head? Th- why is his hand there? Yeah. Why is it there? Is it because you're doing something or you're catching or what's happening? Yeah, does that mean he's catching this baby or what? And I was like, yes, <laughs> don't worry. I'm right here. And she just kept going. But like his she, face the whole oh time, my every God. time, his face, which he was just staring into her eyes. Like she was the most beautiful goddess in the Because she is. Of Let's the entire planet. And it was just like. It was just so, like, awe-inspiring. Like, his support of her the whole time for me. I was like, uh, I watched them on the toilet at one point. So good. And he was just like, I know that sounds weird, but she was having contraction on the toilet, and she's in transition. And that's like, for anyone who's been there, it's a super intense moment. It's awful. And he was just like, he just took it, and he, like, was staring into her eyes. And he was just like, you're so beautiful, and you're doing such a good job. And I was like, oh, my God, look at them staring at each other's I know. eyes. It's like I true know. love. It's so amazing. I feel so honored to get to witness those moments. True love. I know. It was, and he just was just in it. Yeah. He wasn't afraid at all. He was like, I got this. You're amazing. I'm right here. Yeah. And then he just caught that And every time she yelled at him and then she would like stop her contraction and apologize. And he'd be like, you don't need to apologize. Don't apologize to me. Like, oh. You got this, babe. And then hit her mom. Can we talk about her mom for a minute? Yeah. She had 10 kids. So she hot. She walks in the door. I'm like, this is your mom. That's not your mom. She's like a supermodel. No. I was like, this gives me hope that I could stay hot well You need to have night. a lot more children to get there, apparently. They call her Foxy. That's what they call her. Yeah. That's her name. Oh, my God. Foxy. She's amazing. So hot. So she has her baby. Yes. The baby comes out. It's glorious. So beautiful. Um, oh, Dad so picks be- a baby, hands it to mom. She's oh, just sobbing. So good. Sobbing. She got through it even when she hit that wall where she's like, I don't, it's not happening. I don't think I can get through it. And um, yeah, after that, everything. It was so amazing. Yeah. It was just nothing else really needs to be said about it. Yeah, but her baby had one hell of a latch. So, yes, that's right. So the baby latches on, which most babies are like, they like move around until they get the perfect place and they kind of like latch on and let go and latch on and let go and latch on. So this baby just like fully committed. It's yeah. just like, rah, rah, rah. And, and I'm like looking, I'm like, that is a 
freaking perfect latch. <laughs> Hoover's and on. And she's like, God, that hurts. Yes. And I'm like, I don't think it's because the latch is bad. I think your baby has really strong, strong suction. So the baby comes off her nipple and is just like laying on her underboob. And he just like reaches up, full out latches onto her underboob. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's no. not the right area. Like most babies have trouble not latching onto a nipple. No, he can latch this onto kid, it, he like just, a. He just hoovered like it right in. Like a flat in. wall. Like he can literally. You stop saying Hoover. He literally like. I, he oh, was is that on your last name now? For like one second, maybe I counted to one Mississippi, and I was like, "That's not the right place." And I break the suction. Did she you have a had hickey? a hickey already <laughs> on her underboob after one second of latch. Yes, it, that's how strong his latch was. So he latched right on. And like I just I don't know everything about that birth. It it, it can we cemented... go back to transition and what she said? Yes, when she was in transition and she said, "I'm like you're you're gonna do this. You got this. You're okay." And she goes, "My adrenaline is gonna get me through. My adrenaline is getting me through this." And we were like, yeah. "Oh, adrenaline? That's weird. Usually it's oxytocin." What? Like the adrenaline from the birth, she goes, no, because I'm proving Kim wrong. <laughs> and we were and like, I, oh yes. my God, I laughed so hard. Because I so had hard. said to Kim on the way to the birth, I was like, I would think this was prodromal labor, but most people when they have prodromal labor, they just like, they kick right into really close contractions. Yeah. But the fact that she had contractions through the night, like 15, 20 minutes apart, and now they're getting closer together very quickly, makes right. me think it's not prodromal labor. Um, And so... Kim was like, "Whatever, it's not happening." No, like, it's Whoopee. not. So, like, she, you were. I'm going to start wrong. giving out T-shirts. You were proved wrong all over the place. I've got to start giving out T-shirts that say, "I proved, I Kim, proved wrong. Kim wrong." Yes. <laughs> and then we talked yes. about my husband getting like little tattoo ticks for all the times that he's right. That's right. Little tick marks, and we yeah. just laughed about that for so long yeah. for no reason. Uh, <laughs> it was such a fun birth. It was for us. I know she worked really hard, but for her, not so much, maybe. But she, but you I know can what? Tell you guys are. Another, another thing, there was a lot of butt pics. There was so a lot many of upside picks. down pics of me in the tub trying to like support her in the tub. Like, oh, no, no, no. It totally cemented for me how we talked about in our last episode, how we literally know nothing because mm -hmm. we, we knew it's like your gut tells you one thing and your brain tells you another thing. And it's like you still don't know until you know, which is super vague. But like we didn't know anything was happening and it. It's like, it's just super humbling when you're like, that's not going to happen. And then it does happen. And then you realize that women have so much more like power and control over their bodies than we ever give them credit for. Yeah. Um, so it kind of cemented all those things for me. She had her baby on her husband's birthday like she had planned. And, and then it helps you trust the process. She like totally... Yep. Did and, it. And there was a I bunch cannot of other, believe it. There's other a bunch of other like spiritual significances to the day she had her baby that I, I won't get into right now, but for them it was like it was just like she just she totally like owned that and she totally got through that and she worked through the hard parts and made it through. Oh, and this is what I'm gonna say. I texted her today. Because she was feeling really um, overwhelmed and traumatized by her transition. And we had been joking around, like, just just wait, give it five days, you're gonna, you'll be okay with like the thought of having another baby. Because even after the birth, she was like, "I'm afraid that if I get up and move to the toilet, I'm gonna have a contraction. I'm afraid if I do this, I'm gonna have a contraction. Like, I'm not gonna have a contraction, right?" And we're like, "No, you're done now. Like, you're not. That's not gonna happen anymore." Right. She's like, "I think I have contraction PTSD." And so today she was texting me and she's like, you know, I asked her, I was like, how are you feeling about your birth? Like, are you feeling traumatized? And she's like, you know what? I was actually telling my birth story to my sister today. 
And I felt this overwhelming sense of empowerment. That's amazing. And she was like, I also realized that, like, I feel like you were right. And I am getting more comfortable with the idea of doing this again. Where she was like, to Already? Mom, she was like, Oh my Why God. Why did you do that 10 times? Are you crazy? You're, you're crazy. And you're so foxy. Yeah, it was so hot. And so already her brain was like, "Yeah, I could do this again." And I was like, "Got to love the hormones. You're such a badass. You and that's what I want Seriously. you to learn this. You're literally such a badass. Such a badass. Yeah. And you proved me wrong so hard. Like yep. not just a little wrong, but you a just like wrong. it was like a slam dunk wrong. And because you proved and me I wrong, ate it. I have my entire September off. And I will be eternally grateful for that because that has not happened to me at all in 2020. And, and when you're feeling summer, yes. And when you're feeling better, we're all going to Rappahannock Cellars together. Yes. To drink it up. We're gonna have the best time. It's the best time. So, it, speaking of wrapping it up, it's time to wrap up this podcast. I said Rappahannock. Rappahannock it up. Wrap a podcast up. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a lot of listeners. It's time to wrap a podcast now. up. Um, and so basically, Rappahannock Sellers, if what you are, would like to support our podcast by hosting our next episode, that would be you great. You can We're do that. Right. So basically, I think the takeaways from this is that there's a lot of old wives tell out there. Some of them are true. Some of them are not. Don't get too stuck on any one Don't thing. get stuck on any them. of them. And then also for all you moms out there who are hearing these stories, like transition is freaking hard, man. And everyone's so going to feel, hard. everyone's going to feel like they can't do it and everyone's going to not want to do it. And women are strong and if you if you don't do it it's okay and if you do do it like that's awesome too but it's just like these are this is labor we don't know anything women are much stronger than we give them credit for um, and kim can be wrong and kim can be wrong and i can be wrong the only other thing we have to say is cheers (laughs) to rapahannock sellers we go